what you look for, you are going to find. And so when we are looking for the good in our teams, we're going to find so much more of that. And we're going to stop being the one that's pushing against them. And so it really reduces a lot of the contention, a lot of the conflict that is being created as we're like trying to mold them into who we want them to be instead of seeing them for who they are. Welcome to your weekly dose of alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy, if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, after a 20-year career as a top Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. This one empowering pivot has led me to the top of my network marketing company, graduating as a nutritional therapy practitioner, and helping thousands of women make changes with their health, mindset, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and tangible pieces of information that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, you guys, welcome back to In Total Alignment. And I have another really fun guest. I'm actually, I just said to Jen, this is totally selfish. I wanted like a one-on-one call with her. So I decided to bring her to my podcast so you can hear all about her too. So uh, Jen is a parenting teen coach. So can you now understand why I wanted Jen on the podcast? I want to hear all about this. Jen, thank you so much for coming. I'm excited to chat with you. And I would love for you just to sort of introduce yourself and tell us, like, how did you become a parenting teen coach? Like, how does that even happen? (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I am a mom of six. I had six kids in eight years, almost to the day. My oldest had just turned eight when my twins were born. Um, So I've been in like the trenches of motherhood for a long time. But when my kids got to the teen years, I really noticed that I loved the teen years. Like I would talk to people and they would tell me how horrible the teen years were, how awful middle school was. And I was like, I am not speaking your language. I love teenagers so much. Like my favorite phase of parenting. So then when the pandemic kind of hit, um, my I watched my own kids really struggle mm-hmm. and they were in like the ideal situation. You had a stay at home mom, you know, we had computers for everyone to get on and do their work. My husband had a really stable job. He's a family practice doctor. So, mm-hmm. you know, like his job was secure. Like There was very little that really shook our family other than the fact that we weren't going to school and doing all the social things. Um, but I watched my kids really struggle and I watched their friends in similar situations really struggle. And I thought, I just felt compelled to do something to help, to really serve teenagers because I was like, how are they ever going to come back from this struggle? Um, and so I decided to get certified as a life coach, which I did. And I just really, it took me down a path where I just wanted to help teens. And I thought the best way I can help teens is to help their moms yeah. because what mom does in the home sets the stage for everything else for the teen. And so I have seen 
these tools just completely transform my relationships that were already good relationships, but transform my relationships with my teenagers. Um, and I just want to share that good news with everyone else because it is possible to enjoy your teenagers and to have really rich, rewarding relationships with them as you're building them up and preparing them for their life in the future. Well, there's so many things that I want to say here. First of all, just the fact that you had the courage to take a passion and something that you knew you were feeling was different from everyone else and taking that and serving other people with it. That's a big thing. Like it's one thing to say, oh, well, I'm going to talk to my friends about how I like parenting teens. It's a whole other thing to go and be certified and start your social media. And like that, that's, it's just such a leap of faith. And so many, I already can tell by looking at your social media, you're helping so many people. And I'm not seeing the behind the scenes stuff that goes on in your community and all yeah. those things. So I just want to say like, bravo, that is amazing. I love, wow. I just love when women feel something inside and they have the courage to go after it. I think that's like just such a special thing. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Oh, Next, thank you. <laughs> so it is special and so many women don't do it. And it's so sad because it's one of those things that they're going to regret always. If you don't, if that feeling is tugging at you and you don't take the leap, you're going to regret that. And I think that feeling of regret is way worse than the feeling that you might have doing the thing like the scary stuff or the risks or whatever. So bravo. Well, and I, I think with teenagers too, my, my kids watching me do this thing that I yes. feel passionate about has actually been really meaningful to them. And they've actually given me feedback that like, well, I'm so proud of you. Like, it's so cool that you're doing this thing. And my friend wishes that their mom listened to your podcast. Like my kids have really seen me following my passion and it inspires them to care enough to want to do that for themselves. And I think that's something that more women should feel like it's okay to follow those passions because your kids are watching, they are seeing that and that is making a difference for them. They really are like <laughs> my daughter will come home and she'll be like, mom, my friends listen to your podcast. <laughs> Like, like half embarrassed, but half also like my mom's pretty cool. She has a podcast. So it yeah. is, you are empowering them. So that's really awesome. The next thing, it's so true. Everyone makes you feel like you should be so afraid of these teen years. So it's almost like you come into them, like expecting the worst. And my daughter's 12 and I actually find her, I mean, sure. She can be like, any 12 year old, but she's also just so much fun. We can have really good conversations. And I'm like, why are we disempowering ourselves instead of like what you're saying, learning how to really embrace this time that we have with these kids? So how do you help women and moms walk past that fear of what's ahead and embrace it instead? Yeah. I mean, I think the world has kind of done us a disservice, right? They've told us that teenagers are horrible yeah. and they're really difficult. They're really challenging. And the truth is there are some hard things. Like let's validate raising teenagers can be hard and yeah. that's okay. Um, but overall, I find the same as you. I genuinely love watching my kids, you know, follow their passions and develop their own ideas and become their own version of a human. And it's just the neatest thing. 
Um, and so I talk about having moms really build our teens' emotional health as kind of that ground level um, for having a better relationship with them, for really enjoying the teen years. Because when you are focused on helping build your teen's emotional health, you have a better time with parenting. They feel better about the way you're parenting them. And there are way better outcomes as a result. So every everything points to that as, as really the solution. Yeah. So if you have someone that comes to you and, you know, maybe they're right in the thick of it, like, you know, 13, 14, and they really, at this point, it's just cats and dogs with them and their kid. Like they, they probably feel super desperate. They feel guilty, sad, like a lot of emotion because they don't have a relationship with these kiddos at the moment. How do you help them turn that around? Yeah, I think number one is we have to start seeing the good in our teens. Um, I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but it really does change everything because teenagers are wired, like the way their brain chemistry is wired, they're wired to push against us because Mm -hmm. they're trying to differentiate themselves from us as their parents. So it's like we used to be part of the same plant, (laughs) same succulent, and now they're trying to plant their own little succulent. Like they're taking that leaf off, planting their own plant. Um, and so they're wired to push back against us. And when we can recognize that's totally normal and it's okay and it's healthy. Now, what are all the good things I can see in them? I like to give the example. Um, and I talk about this a lot on Instagram, but I go for walks all the time in my neighborhood and I live in Arizona. And so it's like cactuses and rocks, like that's our landscaping. And I'll go for a walk around my block and Most of the time I just walk around the block. I don't notice anything, no big deal. But sometimes I will go out and I'll be like, I wonder how many hearts I can find. And I'll do this with my kids too. And we'll go for a walk around that same block. We'll find hearts in the cactuses, hearts in the concrete on the sidewalk, hearts of tar on the street, hearts in the landscaping rocks. Like we'll find hearts everywhere. And it's just that concept of what you look for, you are going to find. And so when we are looking for the good in our teens, we're going to find so much more of that and we're going to stop being the one that's pushing against them. And so it really reduces a lot of the contention, a lot of the conflict that is being created as we're like trying to mold them into who we want them to be instead of seeing them for who they are. I love that. And I think we, we grew up. So if I think about my childhood, I think, and this isn't anything against my parents, <laughs> my poor mom, I swear I talk about her in every episode. <laughs> She's got thick skin, thank goodness. Um, but I think that <laughs> they were just from a culture of your kids should think like you, your kids should act like you. And when it, now you telling us, well, kids are just wired to not, like even if they wanna think yeah. like you, they're wired to actually argue that stance it was difficult. I remember feeling as a teenager, well, I'm not sure that I believe, like, I'm not sure that I think that way, but I'm supposed to think that way. So here we are. And now things are shifting in our world, which I think is so awesome that you're allowing your kids, you may not, they may not agree with you. They may have a totally different thought process and learning to accept that they're not going to be exactly like, they're not going to be little clones of you and they shouldn't be. 
Delaney's adopted. So I think I've always had that stance because she actually doesn't have like it, nature versus nurture, but yeah, I've, I've always kind of felt like, Oh, it's going to be so interesting. Like how is she just going to turn out with all this different stuff? So I think I've been more open to it. It maybe is more difficult when you grew up feeling like you had to be the same as your parents. That's how you were parented. And now to sort of pivot and allow yourself to embrace that. So do you have tips? Like it's easy for you to say, embrace it, but that's yeah. be hard to put into practice for some people. So do you have some like specific yeah. things that you help walk moms through so they can themselves yeah. and their husbands embrace this little thing that's actually driving them crazy? <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, what you talked about is exactly right. Our parents did the best they could. I feel the same way. Like I had amazing parents who did the best they could. They were operating under, you know, this idea and this culture that was your child should obey you. You are the authority and they should comply. And I love what you said about having that curiosity of like, I wonder how she's going to turn out. Like that truly is one of the ways that one of the tools that I use with parents is I wonder what I can learn from this child Mm -hmm. and really looking for those opportunities to learn from them. One thing that I think we forget is that our kids are living in a world that is not the same as the world we grew up in. Like so many things didn't even exist. Like the challenges they're facing did not exist years ago. They're kind of living in this state of fight or flight because at any given moment, right. Their friends might have a cell phone and capture an embarrassing moment on, on a video, on camera and post it for the whole world to see. So their, their life is kind of this like constant state of fear. What if like, what could happen to me? And so we have to counteract that as parents by providing safety and by providing, by being the safe space where they feel loved. So how do we do that? I think the first thing is we've got to take ourselves out of that, like head to head conflict situation. And the best way we can do that, they're not going to stop pushing against us, but we have to stop pushing against them. And so I think working collaboratively with them to make decisions, to allow them to explore ideas on their own with us as a guide, instead of with us as a sergeant master telling them what to do. I think that's the first key is we've really got to realize our part in that conflict is that we're pushing, so they're pushing against us. If we stop pushing and we start walking alongside them, then we'll make a lot more progress. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely first. Um, the second thing that I would say is we have to work on our own emotional health as parents. And I know that seems like, but I want my child to change, so why would I work on me? But the truth is, Our kids are experts at regulating to wherever we are emotionally. So if we are in a calm state, if we're able to not be in panic and fear, but if we're, if we're in that state of love, they're going to be able to regulate to where we are. And so we've got to learn how to do that. And that's, that's a big task. It's, it's not easy, but it is a hundred percent worth it. Cause when we have that emotional regulation, when we have those emotional health skills, our kids learn from our example more than anything we tell them to do. I love I, every single podcast interview. We always come back to 
it's all about us. It's all about like yes. us first. It's, I wrote a quote the other day, just like the only thing you should master is yourself. Because when you yeah. learn to self-regulate and self-empower and control your thoughts, like then everything around you changes because you are actually right. regulating yourself. And, you know, it goes back to, I know it's cliche moms, but like you, if you're not filling your own cup, you're empty and you're not going to be able to fill yeah. anyone else's. I don't know who said that if it's Rachel Hollis or whoever, but it's <laughs> true, right? Like yeah. if you are not pouring into yourself, so figure out where you're going to find that time and figure out, is it journaling? Do you need to be part of a community that's helping you pour more into yourself. Do you need to read more? Whatever it is, meditation, I, it doesn't matter. But to become more aware of what's going on in here instead of, and I mean, I spend a lot of time on my own self-growth, but I still know that there's times I am so frustrated with something that's gone on in my life. I come upstairs with this frustrated, crazy energy, and then I'm yelling at Delaney and I'm like, Wait a yeah. Why did I just do that? And it's because it's all, all in me and I haven't regulated my own emotions before I've come up to be present with my family. And when people aren't aware of that, if moms aren't aware of that, that's how you're literally living every single minute of every single yeah. day. So what are your yeah. favorite ways of helping moms in particular sort of figure that out, becoming more aware of themselves and, and growing themselves first. Yeah. I love that you mentioned self-care. I think often we have, um, you know, those cliche views about self-care is like spa days and pedicures. Yeah. And I am a fan of all of it. Yeah. Do it all. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Go get the massage, get the pedicure. I'm a big fan. Um, but that's not all there is to it. Like we have to, I would say the most important thing we can do for self-care is um, make sure we know how to process emotions. So we're not just shoving the emotions down. I loved your example of like, when we are feeling frustrated, and then we interact with our team, our frustration comes out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to remember the same thing is happening for them. But they're not an adult, they don't have a fully developed brain that's super capable of emotional regulation. And so remembering that it's not about you, when your teen is freaking out at you, um, can help you take it less personally. Right. So that is helpful. Um, but yeah, emo learning how to process emotions is key. I do have a free resource. Like if, if you're like, what is processing emotions? I'm a free like resource. It's a video and a PDF guide. If anybody wants it, I can share the link with you. Yeah. Um, but that teaches you how to go through the process of really feeling your emotions so that they're not just getting stuck and living under the surface, like a beach ball pushing down yeah. under the water, yeah. because that is bound to pop up at some point and it's going to impact your relationship. I think our example um, of doing the emotional work of taking care of ourselves is what teaches our team to be able to take care of themselves. Um, I like to use the example I have a membership community for moms of teens where I support them, where, you know, like they can get help personally from me and we have classes and things. And one of the core principles we operate on is learn, teach, live. So you have to learn the skill first before you're able to teach it. And really the most effective way to teach it is by the way you live it. And um, I think about, I don't know, have you ever made bread before? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. So when you make bread, 
it helps to have some knowledge of how to bake bread, right? You can follow the recipe to a T. And if you don't understand what like proof the yeast yeah. or make sure the dough is sticky to the touch, or this is a dough that shouldn't be sticky. Like if you don't yeah. understand those terms, if you've never made bread before, you're not going to be very good at it. And so we've got to really understand how to process emotions, how to regulate emotions, um, and how to respond in ways that are kind <laughs> and appropriate. If we want to be able to teach our teens those same things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're going to mirror us, right. They are often yes. a mirror. They, <laughs> I can tell like this Delaney will do something. I'm like, Oh yeah, that is, that's exactly how I would respond to that too. So I need yes. to work on myself first and figure out how to change my thoughts about things, yeah. or change my reactions. And then I know that it will spin off to her and also my husband. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it's a whole family thing. Now, can you briefly, cause I know people will be like process emotions. I don't even get what she means. So can you yeah. just, I think, great. Give us the resource. Cause I know yes, that. Love, love but I, that. Yeah. Can you explain that just a yeah, little? I'm happy to give you like a synopsis. Yeah. So what we typically do with emotions is we avoid them by like distracting ourselves with other right. things, or we kind of push them down. Um, what we need to do is give ourselves some space to actually feel the emotions. And I think we do this not only with negative emotions, but sometimes with positive emotions, like we don't allow ourselves to really feel that positive emotion. So what I recommend people do is kind of take some space when they're first learning how to do it, like hey, I need a minute, I'm gonna go to my room or I gotta run to the bathroom, whatever excuse you need, right? And so that you can be alone for a minute and you just go into your body. So instead of thinking all the thoughts, we go into our body and identify where, first of all, name the emotion, like what is this I'm feeling? Um, and then where in my body is it? And an emotion is a vibration that like the, our brain sends a chemical through our body and it's just a vibration that's running through our body. Um, and so when we can identify where it is, is it moving fast? Is it moving slow? Is it sticky? Is it soft? Is it hard? What color would it be? Right. It allows us to, instead of, you know, thinking about all the logical reasons why we shouldn't feel this emotion or why we are feeling this emotion or any of that, it allows us just to feel the emotion and process it. And what I find is instead of that emotion coming up over and over and feeling like it lasts forever, what happens is really emotions tend to come in waves that are like 60 to 90 seconds long. And so now you've given that, that emotion time to process and get out of your body so that you can go on with your day. And yes, it does come back in waves. Um, every time we have those same thoughts about what our situation is. Um, but that's how I recommend learning how to process emotions. And our, our teens need that skill so much because all day long, if you think about it, like, I remember being a teenage girl and even though my life was different and I have cell phones or internet or whatever, but I remember you don't show your emotions at school. Like you're pushing that down all day long. You had, you got a bad score on a test. Your friend said something rude, the boy you like, like someone else, you know, whatever it is. And you have all of these emotions coming up all day and you're just like pushing them down, pushing them down, pushing them down. So of course, when you get home, all of it pops up. Like that's your safe space to just yeah, let loose. For sure. And I think moms often feel like my child hates me because they always like unload on me, but it really is just that's their safe space and they need your help knowing what to do with all these feelings. Mm -hmm. 
It's that time again. Enrollment into my wellness hub is open. If you are tired of struggling and feeling defeated with either your weight, mindset, health, or a combination of all three, I am here to help. I understand that defeated feeling. I have had many mornings standing in my closet with literally nothing to wear and shaming myself because here I was again. This same situation I promised myself I'd never be in again. Over the past eight years, I've been obsessed with figuring out the true foundations of health and hormones. So much so that in 2022, I decided to enroll in a nutritional therapy practitioner certification and completed that program with honors. Now I can help you find the answers to these questions. Why don't I have energy? Why can't I lose weight and keep it off? Why can't I sleep through the night? And why aren't I feeling incredible? Well, I found out it has a little bit to do with a lot of different things. Yes, hormones are at play, but we can't totally blame them. Yes, the standard, wildly accepted, standard American diet has a lot to do with it. And our choices around diets, quick fixes, and fads have not helped us at all. I'm on a mission to help as many women as I can find the root cause of why they aren't seeing results and feeling their best and help them create a lifestyle that they never have to fall off track again. I promise you it's possible. If you are curious about what it's like to work one-on-one with me or also what it's like inside my wellness hub, I invite you to click the info link in my show notes or head to Instagram and send me a private message and we can chat and see if this is a good fit. So I know that they're going to mirror what you do. But if you do have that example, you have your 13, 14 year old girl come home and you know that you can tell just by her body language that she's had a bad day and she's unloaded. How is the best way to help them? You know, often what my daughter does is she just goes to her room and she wants to be by herself. Um, but I don't know, like, is it making it worse? Like that, that's, I do actually get kind of confused there. Like what is a, what's right. the mom supposed to do in this situation? Yeah. And I think, I mean, think about yourself. Like sometimes we do want to be alone Yeah. and sometimes we really want support. And so I think you're going to have to listen to your intuition as a mom. Um, I think that we need to value our intuition a little bit more in like, what is the right thing in this situation? why am I doing it? Am I doing it because I feel like I need to fix this? Or am I doing it because I feel like this is what she needs? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So checking your motivation is the first thing. And then if you are, if your kid is open to it, um, the best way I use this, I have a child who um, feels big emotions, like he struggles with big emotions. And so we do this all the time, where I'll be like, what are you feeling right now? Where is it in your body? what color is it? You know, what does it feel like? Is it moving fast? Is it moving slow? I just ask him all the questions and I have a whole on that. If you grab that free download, I have the whole list of questions. Um, but I would just ask those questions to them so that they go through the process of really identifying it. Now, not every kid is going to be receptive or open to that all the time. Um, I think it's something that you have to introduce carefully at a time 
when they are open to it, often um, when my girls are having like an emotional day and they're not like angry, but they're feeling bad, that's a really great time to bring that in. Um, with my child who feels the big emotions, like I do intervene when he's angry, yeah. but we've already practiced and learned that skill. So then I can use that language with him and he's receptive to it. Yeah. I love that. I, um, and, but I think it goes back to, we have to learn how to do that ourselves first. There's no way you can walk your yeah. child through that without you already going through that and figuring it out for yourself. So, I mean, it's, it's always going to come back to you. It's always going to come back to us, the moms and whatever dads might take part too. Um, yeah. I actually, yeah. I learned this tip a couple podcasts ago with another lady and she had suggested having sticky notes in your bathroom. So every single time you go to the bathroom, you see these sticky notes and it's, it's like, how are you feeling? And the five big emotions are written there. So like mad, glad, scared, whatever the five big emotions are. So I actually did that in Delaney's bathroom and I remember, (laughs) and mine, and the first day she was like, what the heck? this but she didn't (laughs) take them down and I was just like you know what just just read it and just just look at it and it really does I look at it every day and it makes me think okay well what am I actually feeling right now and sometimes you all of a sudden realize oh why am I sitting in like anger like why why am I feeling and then it makes you process it and like oh one for me is often jealousy it's just one of my big emotions Um, And I'll often not even detect that it's happening until I sit and see those words. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. What just happened that would make me feel like that? And then I can see the situation and I'm like, okay, Michelle, now why did that make, so you can kind of process it. So if that helps. So one thing, um, one thing about jealousy that I think is just so fascinating because you brought it up and I'm like a total like emotion third. Um, <laughs> jealousy is usually an indicator that we have an unmet need. So going back to self-care, um, I know something that comes up for parents a lot is I'm jealous of like, you don't really notice, you think it's just frustration with your kid, right? That they sit on their phone all day. But what really is going on is you're kind of jealous that they have free time and you don't yeah. because you're not giving yourself free time space to just do whatever you want. And so jealousy is actually one of the most crucial emotions to notice so that you can take care of yourself better because it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It just means, Oh, I'm not meeting that need for myself. How can I meet it better? So that's, that's one of those keys to self care that I think is super important is recognizing when we're, when we're in those emotions, um, that are really signs to us that we need to take better care of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Brené Brown, her book, Atlas of the Heart. Never before had I really uh, dug into the term resentment. And when I got to the chapter yeah. about resentment, I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's what it's been this whole time. Every time I yeah. feel like I'm just like, what is wrong with me? Why are you? And I'm, I am not like this anymore. I've really worked on this, but a few years ago, it was a big, big problem, especially the business I was in. Um, and I was like, what is wrong with you? You're just constantly jealous of people. This is ridiculous. And when I read that about resentment, it made so much sense, like to the tune of what you just said, I was like, it was something I wasn't doing for myself, but I was seeing other people doing it. And I was like, 
you get to do that. And I don't like, it was all this like mixed up yeah. emotions. It was wild for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, one thing we've kind of like skirted around a little bit is social media, phones, iPads, yeah. TikTok, all the things that these kids are dealing with. And it yeah. really worried. Like, I really, like, I don't want to be the mom that doesn't let her have that stuff. Right. I don't want to be the mom like I kind of am today. She's probably been on her phone all day. Like, yeah. where, where do you, what's your advice on that? What, where's the middle of, of this weird atmosphere that we're living in that these kids are having to deal with? And I mean, I loved that you mentioned, they just have so that fight, f- fear and flight and fight and all that stuff. Like they really yeah. are dealing yeah. with that all the time. Yeah. I think that there's so much tendency as parents when it comes to phones and social media and technology, we don't fully understand it, right? This is all a big experiment we're all a part of and our kids are a part of. And I think there's this tendency to think that there is a right way to handle it. Mm -hmm. And so we look to experts who tell us we shouldn't let our kids have this social media or we should only allow them this much time a day. And I think and I have seen evidence of this in my practice, is that we've got to look for the answers in ourselves. Um, Do I like my reasons for what I'm doing? So when it comes to my own family, I have, like I said, I have six kids. Every one of those kids has a different amount of time that they are allowed on social media, that they're allowed on their phones in general. They have different apps that I give them access to and different apps that they don't have access to because I just have to check in with my reasons. Why am I doing this? And I think anytime we're operating from fear, I don't think that's a good reason. We got to get to a place where we're like, I have this reason for doing it um, because I think it's best for you. I think it's best for me. I know what you're capable of. I know what your, um, you know, your skills are. I know what your weaknesses are. And so I'm going to choose something that's going to serve you out of love instead of operating from fear of what might happen or what people might think if I allow you to have unlimited phone time or whatever it is. So um, a perfect example of this, my one of my daughters came to me um, a while back and she really wanted to get Snapchat. And Snapchat, there I have nothing against Snapchat, but for this specific child, um, she really struggles with anxiety and social pressure. And I asked her why she wanted Snapchat. Like, what is your reason for wanting this app? And she told me that some girls that she really liked, but wasn't really friends with were inviting her to be on Snapchat. And she thought it would be really fun to be able to talk to them. And I was like, like we talked for a while and ultimately together, we came to the decision that I didn't think she was ready for Snapchat yet not because I didn't trust her, not because I didn't love her, not because I didn't want her to be friends with these people, but because I could see the social anxiety that it was creating in her that wasn't healthy. And I was like, I think we've got to do a little bit more work on the anxiety part of it first, before we throw you in an ocean full of sharks on Snapchat, right? Because I don't think that's going to be healthy for you. Another child, I was like, why don't you just download Snapchat already so you can talk to your volleyball buddies, <laughs> you know, like yeah. totally yeah. different scenario, same house, different rules because different kids need different things. And I think that that has to be part of the, you know, 
technology conversation. I also think that we have approached this from a very fear-based standpoint. And I think we got to change that vibe around it because the truth is our kids, we talked about that like head-to-head conflict that our kids are built to push against us, right? So the more we push against social media and technology and phone time, the more they're going to push back. And so instead, we've got to work together to find some ways to integrate this into their life in healthy ways. And I think who is a better resource to help you better understand what's going to be good for your kid than your kid. So it's got to be a conversation opener that we have with our teens to say, how do you want to use this? Why do you want to use it that way? How do you think it's going to help you? And one of my um, very favorite questions that I like to ask my kids when it comes to a new app or whatever they want to download, I make them talk me out of it. Like, if you had to convince me this was a bad idea, I want you to go out and research it, convince me that it's a bad idea. And then we'll try and figure out if we can overcome those objections. And at first, they're always a little hesitant to give me like the real scoop on why it's could be dangerous, like what could be bad about it. Right. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not even going to have the conversation until you tell me all the things that are bad about it. <laughs> and so, and it's more so, so that they're aware yeah. of the dangers, right? Yeah. Because that's the thing. The more we tell them about the dangers, the more they're going to push against it. But when they mm-hmm. go out and they research it and they figure out how this could negatively impact their life. And then I help them figure out o- ways to overcome those, you know, hurdles, those mm-hmm. challenges then we're on the same page and it's their idea and it's their thing. So those are a couple of my thoughts yeah. on social media. I know it's a big hot topic for parents. It teens. is It is a hot topic. I think it's so funny how passionate people, not funny. I think it's interesting how passionate it, we all get about it. I think some of it is rooted in how we were parented. So when we, back in the day, it would have been like full stop. No, there would be no discussion and I can even see like when my in-laws are here or even my mom and Delaney's like on her phone, they, they, there's this rudeness aspect. Like they think it's rude and it's like, well, it would have been just the same as you coming in here 50 years ago. And I was watching TV. Like that's what it is. Right. And one thing I've noticed is being a little bit flexible with this stuff Delaney's actually like creating, like she's so creative on these apps. She's making like the coolest like edits. And because I've embraced it and allowed the situations to come up, like there have been a couple situations with friends, but it's been such a, I hate this term, but teachable moment because it's been, I've been able to say, well, you got to really be careful. What you put there is never going away. And it can be shared everywhere. Like it's been like really yeah. good to open those conversations up. But, you know, she will spend two hours and you think, oh, is she just scrolling TikTok? No, she's like spent two hours creating this wildly awesome edit being like, this is just how they are creative yeah. now if if you're allowing them to. And I, I, I just loved when you said we have to stop being so afraid of it. yes. There is things to fear, just like there's things to fear when you let your kid go for a bike ride. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, you said something that reminded me. Um, I was listening to an Instagram story or something from Anna McFarlane. I don't know if you know who she is, Um, but she talks about how to navigate phones with teens 
um, as one of the things she talks about. And one of the things she said really struck me because I think so often we think they're just on their phones and they're wasting their life and they're being brainless. But the truth is like, if we think back to when we were teenagers, um, we had TV, we had radio, we had magazines. I mean, we were taking all the quizzes in 17 magazine and uh, we were talking to our friends on the phone with the like cord stretched around the doorway, right? Totally. Hours. And then, you know, all of those, we were also, you know, writing down or doing art, all of those things are now in one device. It doesn't mean the only thing they're doing is wasting their brain. It's like this one thing happens to house so many things for them, which is amazing. And do they need some balance? Absolutely. Yes. Let's like get some vitamin D, some sunshine. I think those are important, important aspects too. Um, and we, we've got to be aware and conscientious of what our kids are doing on their phones, I think. Yeah. But and we've got to take the fear out of it and really start to embrace and accept. This is kind of how the world is. And so how are we going to adapt and keep our kids safe in this world? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I can remember my mom, I would babysit my brother and my mom would be at work. And she would call, have you two even got out of bed yet today? Like, because we would, I'd be talking to my girlfriends, John would be doing Atari or whatever. And it's the exact same thing. And yeah, I think we really, really need to embrace it a little bit more and not feel so much fear. The other thing is Delaney will come out with like facts or she just like knows how to bake a cake or like there's been right. so many different things and I'm like where did you learn that well I saw a video I'm like oh my gosh okay you aren't just like here we are in our mind thinking that they're just like being some you know all this bad stuff every single day and often right. they're actually looking for some really cool they're searching up some really totally. cool things like they're interested in so many different things and they're able to go look at that stuff so quickly. So there's so many benefits, but those are really, I love that tip about, well, why, what's the bad stuff about this? I think that is really, really really awesome because it, (laughs) it's true. If we're telling them the, because my husband will always talk about the bad stuff about TikTok always, but you know, her to go research it. And then all of a sudden she's more aware, which doesn't mean you can't use it, but you might use it in a different way. So I think that's really, really key. That's amazing. Well, this was so good. I knew we would talk for a long time. I knew it. I I know we could chat forever. Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you, Jen, and also how they can work with you. I know we both mentioned that you have a community. So explain that a little bit and uh, how my listeners can find you. Yeah. So I, you can find me at Jen Bell Tate on Instagram. Um, You can also, I have a podcast called This Is Going To Be Fun. um, And it's all about how to enjoy parenting teenagers. Uh, That is my fundamental belief that we can make this fun for them and for us. Um, And so you can find me there. My community is, I just think it's so unique and such a great way to support parents of teens. Um, What we do in there is you have access to personalized coaching from me. Um, We learn new concepts every month. And as I mentioned, it's like you learn the skill for yourself, the emotional health skill, and then you're able to um, teach that to your teen 
by the way you live it. So I don't just teach you those skills, but I teach you some simple ways to integrate those skills into the things you say, the ways you parent, and the ways you show up in your life that end up being more effective at teaching your teens than if you were to try and be like, here's how you do this. <laughs> so yeah. that's really what the community is all about. I have lots of um, resources, but yeah, it's just designed to help you raise an emotionally healthy teen and enjoy the process of it. Because really, we only have so many years with our teens at home. My oldest just turned 18 and he's getting ready to like head out on a mission for our church. And I'm like, how did I go by so fast? It's so baby. So it's so crazy. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool what you're sharing with people because it's true. I mean, Delaney's going to grade seven and I'm like, how did 12 years, like, how did this even happen? And then you start yeah. counting down like, Oh, it's such a short time. Like it is such a short time. And yeah, I had a pretty good relationship with my parents, a great relationship with my parents, but I do remember a lot of that, <laughs> like that pushing and pushing. Yeah. And oh, I just don't want it to feel like that. I want it to be full of fun. I love that. That's the name of your podcast. That's so good. Cause it's true. Yeah. Everything should be. And, and there are ways of making even the most difficult situations okay and able to walk yeah. through. So thank you so much. This was so good. I'm oh, so yeah, I got my pleasure. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll link up every way to connect with Jen in the show notes. And also if, if we could do that freebie, that would be amazing too. Cause I yeah, think absolutely love that. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. I appreciate this so much. Oh, you bet. All right. I know you guys loved that one. It was powerful. I hope you are walking away with some value and inspiration and things you can actually start implementing into your own life. As always, I appreciate you guys so much, and I'd really love it if you would subscribe to the show and also leave a review. Five star would be awesome. No, honestly, I just appreciate hearing what you take away from the show and how it's helping you. Make sure you're following me over on Instagram at it's Michelle File and Michelle Moore File on Facebook. I love when you guys send me messages. You tag me in your stories. It's just so fun to see that some of you are really getting some really great information from these shows and these incredible guests that I'm having on. I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you next Wednesday.